You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you tuned in today. I'm going to continue our Easter preparation. We've been reading through Matthew's gospel and really just trying to slow down and appreciate the events around the crucifixion so that as we prepare to celebrate the resurrection on Easter Sunday, our hearts will be filled as we understand exactly what Jesus suffered for us and what he's accomplished in us. And so today, I just want to pick up where we left off. Uh, Last week, we're in Matthew chapter 27. I'm going to start with verse 27. Today, we're going to read uh, about the soldiers mocking Jesus, pretending that they're worshiping him as a king, when in fact he is the king of the cosmos. And just how ironic is it that their blasphemy is actually hinting towards a truth that is more real than they would ever be able to conceive? So let's, let's read Matthew chapter 27. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium, and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. They knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon, and they forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall, but after tasting it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots and sitting down. They kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. So this episode of the crucifixion is pretty impactful. When you stop and imagine the scene, you have uh, Roman soldiers, strong men, uh, men who have probably seen a great deal of war and may have become desensitized to it, but these guys, their job is basically to humiliate and punish this person who's going to crucifixion. Now, what we've got to understand about crucifixion is that crucifixion for Romans was not only a way to kill people. It was a way to kill people, but it's more than that. Crucifixion was a very humiliating way to kill people that issued a very deliberate message. So the message of crucifixion was that if you try to defy the powers of the Roman Empire and their authority and upset their status quo, if you become an enemy of Rome, this is your fate. So crucified victims were beaten and humiliated and mocked and often hung naked. The crosses were placed in visible places by busy roadsides or on hillsides, in this case on on a hill, the place of the skull, the mountain called Golgotha. 
why? So that people would walk by and could see the humble state of this person. It's almost as if to say, you thought you were somebody. Well, the plaque that's put over the cross of Jesus announcing his crime is a mockery in their mind. It says, this is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Now, maybe for these folks, they felt like this was a way for them to boast of their superiority over the Jews in general. We know that the Jewish leaders even requested that this sign would not be put over the cross of Jesus, uh, but the Romans determined that it would be. We also know that they were absolutely mocking Jesus when they said this. They did not believe that he was the king of the Jews. Well, look at the other evidences here of their mockery. So not only are they beating him and spitting on him, but they're putting a, a stick in his hand as a reed as if he's got a scepter. Like a, They're putting a crown of thorns. And this is excruciating to me that they, that they take a, a, a crown with long, brittle thorns and force it into his scalp so that he has this mockery crown surrounding his forehead with blood dripping down his face with these thorns pressing into the nerves on his scalp and into his skull so that he literally feels an annoying and searing pain as he's being made the jester uh, in their mockery court. They put this robe on him, this, you know, this, this garment, and they bow down and pretend they're worshiping him. Wow. No doubt they're doing this because many of the followers of Jesus had recognized that Jesus was, in fact, the king of the Jews. But not for these Romans. Far from their king... They thought Jesus was an object they had conquered, somebody they could trample and make fun of. You know, the irony is that as Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he should have been crowned king the same way Solomon was, the same way other kings were in Jerusalem, but he wasn't. Uh, He was mocked, made fun of. On Palm Sunday, he was ignored. Even though he was worshipped by the crowds outside, uh, the Jewish leaders didn't give him a seat in the temple. (laughs) It's almost as if nothing happened. The parade came to an abrupt and awkward end when Jesus got to the temple. In fact, he judged the temple, and, and here we are at the end of the week, and he's being mocked, far from being crowned and enthroned. Jesus was going to be lifted up on a cross, not a throne. He chose a crown, not of gold, but of thorns. And he ruled not with that false scepter they put in his hand, but in truth, he rules the cosmos with the, the psalmist says, with the scepter of iron. Really, his judgments will be final. I cannot imagine that the truth of of this setting is that Jesus really is the great king. And while these soldiers are mocking him in this way, they're accidentally declaring an ironic truth because Jesus would judge them one day. He will rule over Rome, the whole cosmos. And this was totally unclear to them because for them, all they could see is that their strength, brute power, and political force meant that they had the power to execute Jesus. But in reality, Jesus is going to sit and rule over them. He will judge over them. And I love the heart of Jesus that even as the king that he is, He's willing to be this humble, willing to endure mockery to redeem us. Like Even though he is legitimately the king, he doesn't exercise his authority and dominion. Instead, he humbly accepts all of this, this whole charade from people over whom he rules. So this is powerful to me that I worship a Jesus who is willing to endure this, who is willing to have a crown of thorns, not glory. But I know 
that his crown of thorns has been in the resurrection replaced with the crown of glory that he deserves and that he rules over us. And I delight in him today. So church family, as we get nearer and nearer to Easter, in fact, this Sunday will be Palm Sunday. We'll celebrate together. I just want to ask you, is Christ King for you? And I don't mean as a mockery, like truly, have you surrendered your will to Jesus Christ? I know he's Savior, but is he Lord? Have you allowed Jesus to rule over you? And I know that he rules as the king of creation. I know that he will rule the kingdom of heaven forever and ever. But have you chosen today to submit your life to his rule, to his commands, to his teaching, to the movements of his spirit, to his church? If you haven't, I encourage that you would. So this Easter, let's crown Christ king, not in humiliation, but in honor. Church family, I love you. If this podcast is encouraging to you, feel free to share it with anybody that you want. Let's get the word of the Lord out even all the more so as we prepare ourselves for Easter. God bless you. I love you. I'm so glad to follow Jesus with you. 